Hi, Dan. Hey, Wilbur. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. That's good. You stink. Do I? <laughs> like what? Like you killed a bunch of fish this week. <laughs> Feels like you, you've got that demeanor where, yeah, you're back. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to get back to, to, to guide life. I actually felt it was so hot this week. Usually... I'm not a I'm not a shower every day type of guy, yeah. really. And in the fall, especially not. Right? Oh, you're cold. Not this week. This it was week, eighty some degrees. Oh God, I got down to a base layer, like my, and I did not smoke. <laughs> <laughs> did it take your your wife's positive reinforcement to tell you <laughs> how bad you stunk? When I know it, that's that's real bad. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if your wife's like my wife, but she is not afraid to tell me how bad I stink. Yeah, yeah. Perpetual. It does stand out because she tolerates a lot of fish smell. So when she tells me that I smell like fish, I'm like, oh boy, I must <laughs> smell real bad. <laughs> uh, so this is While I Talk. I'm Will. I'm Dan. Uh, not to brag too much, but I was featured on another fishing podcast today. No way. Yeah. The, Which, Pike, the Pikedale podcast. No way. Yeah. Phil is at a wedding, so this is my second podcast recording of the day. Wow. Yeah. How did the 10 minutes of podcast go? It actually went pretty well. Was Carl... Carl, like, interviewed me, essentially. Which was... I, yeah. And it's only 10 minutes. But Perfect. I think it's a good 10 minutes. But this one is not going to be 10 minutes. Now, you know, that'll be the best Pikedale podcast they come out with. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, it's hard to keep people happy. We're sorry again about the mics. I guarantee next year we'll have them squared away. We're back to our old school mic, so it might be a little echoey, but you're not going to get uh, the cutting in and out thing. The muted. Yep. We'll get it figured. Um, and then, man, I got Nick Parent was giving me hell because our podcasts were too short. And I got other people saying our podcasts are too long. Well, the last one, we were on a time crunch. We didn't have the option to elongate it by any means. We'd have had to redo it. Yeah. We didn't have that kind of time. Right. We were in a tournament setting. Yep. Which is a good segue into uh, the week's lineup. What are we talking about this week? Uh, we've got MWC recap highlights, what, uh, what to be proud of, lessons learned, and something else? Final takeaway. Final takeaway. And then what else we got, Dan? Uh, we'll talk about some fall tune-ups. Uh, I, I, it's easy to think, like, season's just about over, let's let it ride. But the amount of fish you're going to catch in a season is stacked heavily into the next three, four weeks. For sure. So maybe some maintenance is a good plan. We'll do a weekend preview. Maybe a Saw Guy series and then get out of here. Alright, that sounds like the perfect episode. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Porta-doc.com Porta-doc.com Find your local Porta-doc dealer today. Porta-doc.com You know what? My birthday's coming up. It is. And I'm like, man, what do I want for my birthday? What do you want? You know, I figure the perfect gift, not just for me, but for anybody, would be a Walleye Talk t-shirt. Ooh. Boy, wouldn't that be a nice gift. Yeah. I've got, I've got a few left. Do you have any left? I've got a few left. 
You know, if I'm interested in one, how do I get, how do I get one? Um, you can send either one of us a message, and then uh, we will ship them to you. We will deliver them to you at a local um, resort if you're up here, or we can arrange to meet you in Longville somewhere. We'll, we'll accommodate your needs. Whatever they may be, we will get you. We can, United States Postal Service, great service. USPS, my sister works there. Grade A, top-notch I love individual. going in that place. No joke. She, she gets me good prices. She tells me when it's going to be there. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And she has horrible jokes just like mine. <laughs> oh, it's great. Terrific. So, <laughs> if you need a podcast t-shirt, while I talk with Will and Dan, let us know. And then uh, also the Fins and Feathers weekend. Some people are calling it Fins and Feathers. Some are That's calling a good it idea. Cast and Blast. I like them both. I like them both. I think I like Fins and Feathers. I'm a big fan of alliteration. Oh, it's very upscaley. Yeah. Mm, yes. We will be hunting with monocles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you're right. Cast and Blast matches much better for what we're oh, doing. Oh, indubitably. <laughs> Dear Daniel. We got a, we got one boatload to fill still. This is going to be super fun. Um, it's a couple half days of walleye fishing, a couple uh, afternoons of grouse hunting, and then we're going to cook you a wild game feast. It's going to be glorious. Feast. And it don't matter if you miss them, because we'll have, we'll have some for you anyway. Right. Um, it's less about us going out there and really... So we're going to try extremely hard to get us on grouse. So, and we just want you guys to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, go out there, laugh a bunch, miss a bunch, hopefully shoot one or two. Right. And just have a good time. Just got to catch one of those suckers standing still. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be a good time. So, so if you're interested, uh, reach out to either one of us. And yeah, we got one more boatload to fill. And it's going to be a good time. Uh, October 15th and 16th. Bingo. Uh, if you hadn't heard the last episode, Will and I fished the Cast Lake MWC last weekend, last Friday and Saturday. Beautiful fall weather. It was thoroughly, it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, we'll just start with the, we'll work our way backwards. We finished somewhere in the mid-20s, I haven't even 29th. seen it. 29th. We weighed 8 pounds the first day, 12, 10 the second Eight, day. 8, 6, and 12, 10. Yep. Um, so finished with 21 pounds. Yep. Pretty, right right in the middle. Yep. A little ahead of the middle. And uh, that's that's the result. That's the result. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. It, it was a good way to, it was a, the most satisfying way to end up in the middle of the pack, I would say. Because we caught a bunch of fish. Yeah. We had a plan that... We're, it's we're almost there. Just right there. It's and almost all there. All we did was critique ourselves out there. But the fish we knew were going to cooperate, cooperated really well. And if anything, we sort of undervalued how good our shallow water mm-hmm. bite. Well, we definitely did. For sure. For day one. So let's start at day one. So we launch... We're in boat number six. six. Good number. Good number, especially because we felt like... I felt like a few people knew about our shallow fish. And didn't know how valuable that was going to be. But few people knew about them, or at least one, one per- person One person did. did. Yep. And they didn't care about them, evidently. Yeah. Interesting approach to those fish, too. They were pulling spinners through those. Had to have been just miserable pulling spinners through them, too. 
yeah. all the perch and stuff. Oh, yeah. Out. There was so much life in there. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it would have been great in a guide situation. It was, it was good in a tournament situation, too. Yeah. Um, so, day one, we, uh, well, we said it last week. Went Did to we, Pike Bay. Went to Pike Bay. Um, went, Not very many boats down there. Uh, no. My engine cleared by th- three or four inches. Yeah. Uh, going under the bridge. I'm certain... Uh, it was even closer with the train on it. <laughs> the second day. It's a half inch closer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that I think that helped keep the pressure down. If you had a 620, a Ranger 620, or any sort of big windshield boat, you were not... I don't think you were getting in there. The double bubbles made it. Yep. And, and the bass boat. And the bass boat. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for them. We should try and get him on the podcast. Oh, that would be great. perfect. Yeah. So we got down to Pike Bay. We were pretty happy about the early number. Um, like two boats ahead of us going through the channel. Both of them went different directions. So felt good about getting in there on our shallow fish. And uh, had one in the boat three minutes into fishing. Yeah. And, and then, it was a, you know, it was a, the fish we caught down there, it wasn't like we were catching 14 inchers. Which, which is a common thing on Cast Lake to sort 14 to get a 16. Yep. Yeah. On the whole chain. And uh, I think one of our, our early fish that day were was one of our smallest fish. I think, yep. we, had, I think we had a 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started, we were jigging, and we had that first fish right away. Uh, we got bit off a couple times, and then we really, it seemed like we got into a pot of them, kind of got into a groove. and. Yep. So I had caught these fish on a jigging wrap uh, before, um, when we were pre-fishing. Never had pitched a jig and minnow in there. And we discussed the, the day before, and we were both on the same page, that we should probably get at them with the jig and a minnow. So you started with the jig and a minnow. I fished a jig wrap. And our, our big concern was not knowing how many fish were in there, you know, because, like, I had not gotten a great feel of things from graphing it. You know, I saw one good pot of fish and got a couple to bite and then left and knew that those fish would be cooperative and probably stay put um but i felt like that was a pretty veteran move that was and that really comes from that was a savvy spot well i actually just meant the jig and minnow decision so you'd you'd think it would be weird to go into i we had not caught a fish in there on a jig and a minnow but we were certain we were going to start with a jig and a minnow for sure and that comes from the guide world i think where jig wraps can catch them for sure but you can burn fish on them because you hook and lose a lot of them, yep. and it can do some goofy things to the fish's mood. Right, if you can keep you can get them from being a foot off bottom to belly on yep. bottom like yep. that. So we started with a jig wrap and a jig and a minnow. You got the first fish on a jig and a minnow. Mm-hmm. The, I got the second one on a jig wrap, and I, I had missed two more before that, or had them on yep. for just a sec, and then we both switched to a jig and a minnow, and then what? we just whooped on them for like. 27 minutes and had yeah we were we we were done in a half hour Mm -hmm. and we both looked at each other and we're like our box is full now we need to get a big one yep and we had seven hours (laughs) a lot of time we had seven hours to go catch ourselves a big one out in some deep water you know cast lake chain deep water walleye yeah (laughs) we never had a stinking bite we did not have a bite in that deep water well, you did. You had a pretty clever system in some deep water, the, pulling spinners. The spinners. The uh, what were those spinners called? 
Oh, the Lost Lake Tackle guy. We, yeah. We caught, we caught Purple five, Rain. six fish on, on his spinners. Yeah, okay. Purple Rain and Copper Tiger. Yeah. <sighs> Dirty. Also, uh, dang it, I can't remember his name. Lost Lake Tackle. Purple Rain. R-E-I-G-N. Is right. the, the perfect name for that, that color scheme. If you know the one I'm talking Dan about. Dan was all upset because he, 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 the only name he could come up with was the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> and it was just bothering the heck out of stupid Vikings. Can't even win a football game. Can't, how do I expect to catch a spinner on this? Can't even win a football game. Kevin Skalicki. Kevin, Purple Rain. That's the name of that one. And then what did you call the other one? Copper Tiger. Copper Tiger. Yeah. Not as clever. We were catching fish on spinners in 30 to 45 feet of water. And I didn't have a three ounce bottom bouncer, so I used a one ounce inline keel sinker, keel sinker and then rigged it up to a two ounce bouncer. Which is brilliant. It worked splendidly. It yeah. could not have worked any better. Yeah, it was. That was awesome. like the most laid back tournament like catching yeah. I've ever done. I ate a sandwich. <laughs> like, I, I don't eat it, I usually don't eat during these things. I ate a sandwich in that time. Yeah. So we had, uh, so we left our shallow fish, caught some, well, we tried the 50-foot fish, couldn't get them. It wasn't like we weren't sitting over the top of them either. No. We were sitting over the top of them, occasionally seeing them, like, come up and look at a minnow, and then not bite. And then uh, we caught some fish in that 30 to 35 feet of water. The whole time, all time, the whole time day one, we were certain that we should not be spending any more time on our shallow fish. For two reasons. Right? The first reason, we didn't want to blow them up. Yeah. Because we wanted a full box for tomorrow. Yeah. For day two. Right. Thinking, thinking like, there might, this pot, it might not There's be that There's only 20 big fish in here. Right. What was the second reason? Because we didn't think, we weren't sure that there was going to be a big in there. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'd say our gut was right on that after, after what happened day two. Well, but who knows if there was a big one in there yesterday. Yeah. You're right. We thought that... There was like an okay chance there would have been like a 24. Yep, for sure. And then we felt pretty certain there probably wasn't like a 27 or 28 living in there. Correct. Could have been, but... Yeah, so that was... End result, 8 pounds, 6 ounces. Yep. We kept those... We we filled our box on those shallow spots, upgraded one or two pulling spinners, Mm -hmm. maybe just one. One. And then uh, didn't get any deep fish to bite. And... Way in day one, uh, we had one buddy down there, Nate Wolski and Tom. Starts with an H. Uh, and they weighed 17 pounds. They were doing something. They were fishing deep fish the whole time. We kind of thought they were on the same fish we were catching, and that gave us a bit of a like anxiety attack that we, like as walleye anglers, sat over those deep fish rigging chubs, something we like have a fair amount of pride in, Yep. and couldn't get them to bite. And these dudes... Uh, and I was certain that that's what they were doing. So that made me feel so much worse. Right. We were certain, like, we were talking after that night, like, it's got to be a little detail. we got to do something with the little details to get that those deeper fish to bite. But day two, we didn't have anything to lose, right? We had eight pounds, eight ounces. Um, we just needed... And, you know, we could If we'd had a terrific day, you know, an 18-pound day, we'd have, we'd have cashed a check. So that's what we were going for. Right. It was a nice, like, wait, wait, or place to be. To be a half an hour into a two-day tournament and have a full bag. 
because it gave us a lot of like freedom and like optimism regardless of what happened that first day that day two was gonna be like we can go out and know that it could so that's what we did and we also knew that like we were gonna have a a good time whaling on those shallow fish as long as we really felt we wanted to and boy did we ever we did (laughs) so but yeah we should uh we should take a little break okay and then we'll go on to day two this week's while i talk episode is brought to you by the muskie house in longville i don't want you to do it yet but you should start thinking about storing your boat for winter so that means winterization and storage the muskie house can help with boat both if you want your boat inside, if you want your boat wrapped, if you just want a good technician to look through everything and get it ready for winter, uh, that is the one-stop shop for boat winterization and storage. Stop in and talk to Tony Jack Likens and get your boat taken care of, ready to go for spring 2021. Day two, MWC. Pretty happy. Yeah, we're in the. I mean, we're in the middle of the pack. You know, we the. There was one, uh, one the the leader of that of the day one had twenty pounds. Yep. Which is freakish out on cast. Yeah. Um, a lot of those, a lot of people in that ten to thirteen pound range. Right. So I mean, we were we were a little bit behind as far as being in a position to. Yeah. To have a moderate day and cash a check. We really needed a good one. Yep. And we also like I was feeling like we had had a game plan that could have led to a 17-pound bank, especially thinking that uh, the team that was near us had they a 17-pound bank, and, and we were on, like, the same chunk of water that they were on for our deep fish. And it was it left me thinking, like, man, I'm just not there yet for putting the whole thing together uh, as far as getting those deep fish to bite. But day two uh, started with me talking you out of bringing a fourth cooler of minnows into the That place. was a good idea, Dan. You wanted it was a really had, good idea. We had three coolers of minnows on day one. And they were all sorted. Then we weighed eight pounds, and you wanted to bring a fourth cooler okay. of minnows. You're going to ask me, Will, how are we going to up our poundage on day number two? <laughs> more minnows. Bro, we're going to bring more minnows. All right? That's what, I mean, I'm going to tell you that nine times out of ten. We need more minnows. <laughs> and he shot me down. Yeah. Just like I also a, said, like, you had to have known that I was going to try to shoot down the fourth cooler. Yeah, I could tell you weren't happy with a third. I wasn't happy coolers. about three coolers. And you but that was gonna, a good system. I had them all sorted. I was happy with the, I was happy with minnows. I also felt like you knew that you weren't going to be able to spend a lot of time pre-fishing. So you were just going to do your one job, your two jobs really well. You were going to have excellent minnows, and then you were going to whale on them with a jig and a minnow. And you did both of those things. I caught them, Britt. I didn't put... I was, it wasn't Leech Lake MWC, but I caught them. Yeah. It was fun. So we got to just go to our shallow fish and know that we were just going to catch as many of them as we could. Yeah, we, launched, we actually were last... What The fifth to last or sixth to last to, to leave on day number two. But it wasn't really a concern... That anyone was going to be on those fish. No, I... Unless some was a rogue pontooner right. got on them. And we'd also found another little pot of shallow fish on day one. 
and so I felt like we had like a backup at least, and that turned out to be a pretty good school of fish too. For sure. Um, so we went in there, and we actually had a pretty slow start. I was like, I was a concerned. Anxious. I was a little anxious, and um, I think this is also a lesson to be learned, and I don't know like how applicable it's going to be for other people, but I have like a fair amount of confidence in my. I, I'm. I'm very confident in my electronics and my my ability to decipher what my graph is telling me uh, on my home waters. Things looked different up there. And we eventually settled on that. We think it was probably really, really fine. Yeah, the density sand of sand. Was throwing, throwing me off a little bit, but I was not, I did not feel good about determining whether or not it was a perch or a walleye. Uh, and... That was sort of complicating things that second morning because we caught like seven big perch. Giant perch. Yeah. And you said like, I don't know if it's a great sign that there's big perch in here because we had not caught any the the first day. And then we just stuck with it a little bit. And then, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I caught a 19 incher. Yep. And that was a good start. That was a good start. But that was 20 minutes in. We were almost done the day before in 20 minutes. Right. Which was, well, that was the alarming thing. Yeah. I would say we were pretty close to bailing on that spot completely when when you caught that 19-incher. Yeah. But we had some, like, the perch were in there, and that was a little concerning, but then we caught a couple pike, and it felt pretty similar to the, well, especially once we got a couple pike. I'm like, nah, man, there's, there's for sure big... You kept saying that. There. I am certain there's walleyes here. Yeah. I am certain. And there were there were a bunch. And there was a bunch. Yep. I think, but I think what happened is those walleyes are still super shallow, mm-hmm. and we were catching them moving out to that deeper water. Because yep. I had graphed some and dropped a waypoint on them, and they were in like eight nine feet of water, which is not where they were right, the day before. And I think you're right that they were probably up up shallow feeding, and then uh, yeah, we got to just catch a bunch on a jig and a minnow, and ended up. When we left that spot, we had five. No, we had. We had. We had five nineteen in nineteen plus inch fish. Yeah, our we had a, their smallest was nineteen. Nineteen and a half. Nineteen and a half, and our biggest was twenty and a half. Yep. Like our unders were absolutely perfect. Yep. And we had seven hours to go catch a big one. So he went and, <laughs> went and stared at fifty foot of water again. <laughs> we, I mean, we tried all. We tried a bunch of different. I mean, we tried different variations of the same thing. Yeah. Thinking that maybe we took the opposite approach from the you know the, we tried. I tried to do the opposite of I did the day before. So I started out with long like a liter, and then I went a little longer, and then I went really long. And that didn't do anything. Right. So I was like, well, maybe I got to go shorter. Right. So I went shorter and shorter and shorter. And then we tried to replicate what we thought the other other team was doing. And we're not going to say what that Turns is. out, I can't do that either. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I sure give her the old college try. Yeah. So like to sum that part of the tournament up, we could not get a deep fish to bite. Um. So then what did we do? We went back and whaled on the shallow fish. Boy, that sounds like a good idea. It was idea. a great time. And we, we were rigging. Dude, we caught so many fish. We caught 25 walleyes probably, 15 pike, 
a bunch of big perch. Mm -hmm. We were just getting bites left and right. So we, it was getting closer to the middle of the day. It was probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock. No, it was probably 11 o'clock, maybe closer to noon. And we were going to go from, the two spots were pretty close together. And we were kind of drifting. And Dan, you were rigging a chub. And you got a, you got just wailed on. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? <laughs> well, I had missed a couple fish on a chub too. So I was like a little, well, we had not caught a fish, a single fish rigging the day before. Which is like, if you were to tell me how, how do you fish the Cast Lake tournament uh, in September? You're rigging. You're rigging always minnows. rigging. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So that bike came in like nine feet of water. <laughs> and uh, I didn't have to worry about, like, doing the hook setting thing correctly. Like, it just was like burning drag when I closed my bail. <laughs> like, no, no, like, swing at all. Flick, flick your bail and the drag is burning. Make sure your rod's kind of pointed this direction. <laughs> right. And then we like tried to be optimistic like this. You were saying like, this might be it. This might be the big one. And then we were like, nah, it's not. <laughs> we were certain it was going to be musky for a little while. Well, I saw it. And I mean, the profile and the size is like, this is our, this is my MWC musky, you know, encounter. Right. right. And it ended up just being like a 15 plus pound pike. The biggest pike I've ever yeah. seen. When we had it in the net, you said like, shit, we should cut that open and see if there's a 23 inch wall in there. <laughs> the thing was, it was at least 36 inches. Yeah. And it was so full. So full. And yet so it ate full. a eight inch, a seven inch creek chub. Yeah. But I suppose that's just a little snack to a guy right. like him. But they, man, they, uh, and all our, all those fish in there were eating really good. Yeah, our unders were all plump. Those perch were extremely plump. Yeah. We would have been, we were joking about if we were guiding, we would have had really happy customers, and we would have been, like, dreading the fish cleaning shack at that <laughs> point. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really good time. So, but, um, yeah, do you have a highlight? Like, one highlight from the tournament? Um, well, it's going to be the same highlight as your highlight. Well, no, I'll, I won't take that. My highlight was getting to spend the whole weekend with you and having, even though we weren't extremely successful in our, um, as far as results go in our MWC adventure, uh, I had a great time. We caught a bunch of fish. I had, that was the highlight. I just got to spend a, a was, long, t a good amount of time with, you know, my best friend. So. Right. It was a good time for sure. I, I'd say my Boy, highlight. laugh. We did. We had a pretty good time. <laughs> I feel like we had the, yeah. We outfunded everyone in that yeah. tournament. And it was so great to, we, the tournament winners were within eyesight. We could yell at the tournament winners most of the tournament. Mm -hmm. And they were not doing anything close to what we were doing. Which was actually a really enjoyable way to spend a tournament. Because oh, yeah. like, we were like, well, we can't catch those, those <laughs> ones. <laughs> and they don't have any interest coming in here. So, uh, it was sort of fun to have that as like background noise. And they're just, they appear to be super super nice guys for sure and uh easy an easy team to be happy happy for but we besides them we had all of our spots we'd never fished by another boat never had another boat doing we had one buzz us a little bit early on yeah day one. on day one which buzz us being 60 60 yards away yeah um yeah i think it was just a, my highlight was uh 
just getting to really enjoy a couple days of pretty fun fishing during a tournament. Because you can have some tournaments where you've tried real hard and you end up having pretty mediocre, like, just numbers of hook sets or fish you're over. After trying to find that for four days, you know, and that was not the case. We were overfished the whole time. Yeah, for sure. Whether or not they were going to bite or not. But every spot we were checking had marks on it, and they, those marks were walleyes. So, it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What to be? What to? What to be proud of? I'd. I'd say we. We had a plan that would have been. We had a seventeen pound. Daily plan for plan. both. Yep. Absolutely. And just couldn't execute it. I'm certain of that. God, like, I was. I was proud of jigging the big minnows again. <laughs> oh, that's my game right there. Ooh, that's my game. I. You know what? There was at one point we were kind of in desperation mode. I threw on the old Will Newer special, the yeah. June bug jig. Yep. I was like, if this is a time for Will, Willie Naylor to get lucky, it's right now. June bug jig and a leather back. Just didn't work. I think I caught a walleye. It just wasn't a big one. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, lessons learned? Well, we kind of discussed this on day two. But you have to get the biggest bag you can uh, day on day one. one. Yep. Regardless of the consequences. Yeah. So we were, it was again a, an example of trying to be a little too clever. We, we pulled off that first, like, our school of fish with eight pounds, eight ounces, you know, eight and a half pounds, and then went and, and we were trying to be disciplined. I, you and I both wanted to be doing that. Like, For sure. We wanted to be in there, and we spent the whole day saying, we're not going in there, we're not going in there. Uh, and that was a lot about tied to not knowing how big that school of fish was. But if we, after day two, we definitely felt like we could have just whaled on them day one and day two. Right. And likely weighed a similar bag both day one and day yeah. two. Ended up with and then 25 we would have been, pounds. We would have been 25 pounds. I think that would have been like 14th, 15th right. place, something like that. And it was us being trying to be smart, but really being a little too clever. It, especially not having, I had not caught a big fish in deep water pre-fishing. It was a it was a bit of a wing and a prayer on that on the deep water stuff. Like I didn't have that. I was pretty sure we were over them, but I didn't know how to catch them. And but boy, if you got seven hours. You're gonna be a over yep. over big fish for seven hours. One of them is gonna bite, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> we proved we proved that wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. So that would be a a lesson learned. You. Like we thought we were setting ourselves up with having having a a box full, but if we'd, yeah, you just got. I think we should have whaled on them a little bit more day one, and it's easy in hindsight to say that, but. Next time we'll just whale on them. I guess we'll just whale on them. Final takeaway. Um, they're man. They're just that you can if you approach it. I'd make sure that you follow the two beers and a puppy rule when you're picking a tournament partner. And then uh, just go have a good time. And, like, the whole time we were fishing really hard, fishing pretty effectively, and also, like, uh, trying to get better, right? We spent a lot of time, like, critiquing what we were doing, whether it be, like, uh, what speed to drag a jig at or, like, scheming what we what we could have done better. Uh, but I think that stuff adds up, and then it'll pay off for the rest of your season. You know, like, you just you, – you get – you learn a lot during the tournament. 
especially when you got a, a good partner who is, who you, yeah, sort of holds you accountable and is also fun to be around. All right. Good enough. Let's uh, take another break and we'll get back at her. While I Talk by Will and Dan is brought to you by Woman Lake Lodge. Woman Lake Lodge is home to one of the nicest fisheries in the Longville area with quality keeper walleyes, unbelievably large smallmouth, and a great panfish population to boot. For your 2021 vacation, book a stay at Woman Lake Lodge in Longville, Minnesota. Dan? Wilbur? It's getting chilly outside. Yeah. It's kind the leaves of, are kind beautiful. Dude. How is driving around Bear Island right now? Crazy good. Crazy good. It makes me want to, even if the wind is blowing, still go around the west side of it. Like, just to look just at it. Just take the pound and then like, get a good, beautiful view. of The west side is way prettier. Oh, by far. Yeah. It's, it's fall fishing, man. And this week, the weather's been wonderful. Yeah, and they're it's still like biting. A, it's like a dream. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> without without any more awkward pauses, uh, fall tune-up ideas. Mm-hmm. Fly uh, at them. First thing that comes to mind is like your mono. If you're fishing mono jigging rods, either replacing your line or doing a little bit of line maintenance, because you're gonna stretch those things out a whole bunch. I feel like halfway through a trip, I'd like to like take a stroll and let my mono uncurl, because like. There's a lot of stretching happening. Yep, right absolutely. Um, so that'd be the the main thing. Also, your your reels, if especially the you weekend guys who got some time in the evenings, maybe where you're thinking about your trip up here, doing a little bit of reel lubrication would probably be a a good good. Oh, thing. you could always do the old Bradco approach, dunking it in. The Dunk lot. it. Yeah. <laughs> because the fall is when it's going to come up. I've got one right now. That's what made me think of it. I'm sitting. In. Two feet that cool That cooler weather yep. makes all the difference. Yep. So A little bit of real grease, call it a day. Yep. Goes a long way. Um, making sure you got a lot of jigs, especially if you're fishing Leech Lake, if you're going to fish those rocks, and there were a lot of people fishing rocks today. Um, make sure you got a lot of jigs. Have you looked at the weather for early next week? Uh-uh. Highs in the 50s, west, west winds at like mm-hmm. 14. The rocks are going to be Everyone nice. should take a vacation. Mm-hmm. If you're serious, get up here now. Yeah. Well, not now. Next, early next week. Yeah. When it blows for 15 miles an hour. That's good. Out of the west. It's going to be some really good times. I'd also do some, like, maybe some boat maintenance, like flick your bilge pump switch, make sure that thing works. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is a good time of year to take on some water. Yeah. Unintentional water. Yep. Oh, sometimes it is intentional, though. Like, if you're going backwards into it. What do you expect to happen? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, maybe re-gearing your, like, what sort of outdoor gear you have in I the I was boat. just going to say that. Fall tune up on your personal gear. Yeah. Um, having warm, warm enough equipment and dry equipment is, are two main things, especially if you want to stay, if you want to stay out there and, and catch them. Yeah. Um, you know, we have that Hodgman gear, which unfortunately don't make anymore. Um, no, they quit making that, yep. So the Hodgman gear is what we have, and it's great because it's, we've got the undercoat, underlinings to them. Really is good stuff. Um, but finding something where you can wear rain gear but yet have it warm. Um, I know towards the end of the season we'll start wearing our striker gear, um, which is also 
high quality gear except it gets wet um especially fishing how we uh end up fishing we never i i don't know i don't always have the intent of oh yeah i'm gonna get soaked today but i always do yeah it just is the nature because you're not gonna not try and catch those fish that are in five feet of water no that's like why we have the stuff we have is to do that because they're laying in the sand <laughs> you gotta get them in the sand dan <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh Let's see what else. Um, maybe checking in on your batteries. I don't know if you know if you've got if you, especially if you've got two year old batteries or more and you fish regularly. I'd check your battery levels because um, that's another thing that you're going to use them a lot in the fall and maybe you're not getting quite as much out of them in the cold weather either. So having having good batteries would be a good thing to check in on. And one thing I I get told by my, the battery guy at the store. Is that those onboard chargers, they do a good job as long as you have a partially charged battery. But if you have any hints that your cranking battery has gone dead, hook it up to a good charger and leave it for like two days. And a lot of times they just don't have enough power with that. Those onboard chargers don't have enough power to get them up from dead. Mm. And your battery's not bad. It just needs a true charge. Sure. So put a, put a good battery charger on them for a day or two. Um... And that'll that'll help your battery life a ton. Yeah, not the type of time of year to like not only just for having satisfaction out on the water, but like you gotta be taking this a little bit more seriously when you're dealing with cold temps and big water and big rocks. Yeah, to make sure your stuff is uh, working not just so you can fish how you want, but so you can get home how you want. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't I think that's that's about all you really need to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, start putting a little sea foam in your gas. Yeah. Just a little. I think it's going to be a great fall though. I think it's is setting up really well. It's water been temps pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of nice to have water temps leveled out where they're at right now, you know, right around 60 degrees either side of 60 degrees depending on the overnight low. It's kind of perfect. Mhm. Cuz we're getting down to it. It's it's we got 10 days left in September, not even. Not even. And then uh, October's going to fly by. It's going to be a banger. Mm-hmm. You want to do a preview? Yeah. Um, like I said a little bit before, we've got some west winds coming. Um, if you're not jigging a minnow, you're nuts. <laughs> you're nuts. Get yourself some mid-sized minnows, um, small to mid-sized minnows for catching keepers. If you're looking for a jumbo... Grab yourself a plus size minnow, uh, like a creek chub, sucker minnow, something bigger. And if I'm on Leech Lake, I'm going to be jigging. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to have quarter ounce jigs, and I'm going to jig the bejesus out of them. And I'm going to have lots of them, though. Have lots of jigs. <laughs> yep. Uh, for me right now, my at least the last couple of days, my program has been if the wind is, like if I get to choose where I'm fishing, if the wind has been calm, I've been on Woman Lake, and it, it, they are super cooperative, doesn't seem to matter what the conditions are, and then if you get any sort of a hint of a fishy day, I'm up on Leech Lake. How's that working out for you, Dan? Pretty darn great. <laughs> Pretty... <laughs> Darn. What, so what? Oh, besides catching a bunch of wallies today, Dan, what did you catch? We caught a 
I was fishing with Tori and Sally Myers, Pikedale Lodge owners, some of our favorite people. During the Pikedale podcast, I told them I was nervous because I felt like I was fishing with royalty, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I maybe had a chance to fish with Joe Maurer, but I'm fish- today I'm fishing with Tori and Sally Myers. <laughs> the pressure is on. <laughs> and they just made quick work of their walleyes and had a half dozen nice keeper pike by the time we took a lunch break. And then we went and we caught a bunch of crappies. And then we had enough crappies, so then we went and caught a bunch of perch. And I was putting perch in the live well thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be drunk by the time I get done cleaning fish. <laughs> Luckily, I had some help. Um, but they're all biting right now. And today was a nice fishy day. It was just... Yeah, every fish wanted to eat today. And it was a good draw to have Tori and Sally Myers because they they do a lot for both of us. They deserve it. Yeah, they do deserve it. They don't get to be in a boat all that often. and uh, They got their hook sets in today. So, yeah, I'd be, uh, if I was on any lake but leech, I'd be prepared to do everything. I'd still have night crawlers with if I was on the smaller lakes. Um, Yeah, and be trying to force the minnow thing a little bit. I think that'll pay off for you in the long run, even on the smaller lakes. If you're, if you're leaning towards the minnows and then having crawlers as a backup and then up on leech, I couldn't agree with what you said more. There are for sure some fish and I think particularly sand fish that maybe like a smaller minnow. And I think those rock fish maybe like a bigger meal. Do you think that it's similar to what we had a couple of years ago where those fish were eating unbelievable amounts of one and a half inch perch? Yes. Is it the same scenario? I Well, I would assume so. I haven't seen what's in their guts off those sand fish lately, but that's been a trend. I think that's a trend now three years running. On that spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's also true on a spot a couple miles north of there too. Yep. Yeah. Sand fish. Super sandy. Yeah. Yep. So. Intriguing. Yep. And you just, say you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together, <laughs> Dan? Is if that you're, you're on saying? those, another, this got brought up in the Pike Toe podcast. If you're on those rocks, even if the wind isn't blowing, you got to keep your boat moving, man. You got to be, this is a Will Newer lesson. Like, just because it's, your natural drift is 0.3, you should be, you got to keep that thing moving faster. For sure. And. And I know you might think just downsize your jig. There is something special about that close to quarter ounce mm-hmm. weight. I'm a three sixteen ounce guy, but there is something special about the way the bait looks on that size jig. You can't just go to a sixteenth ounce jig and and fish them over those shallow rocks at at point four. There's something different about going yeah. going faster. You're just the Ricky Bobby of the walleye world. If it ain't first or last, <laughs> if it ain't quarter ounce jig, are you really jigging? Just get that trolling motor <laughs> kicking. Yeah, just you get that thing moving. Speed a little bit. is speed is very important. Or, or retrieve your jig while you're even while you're drifting. Yeah, drift it at point four and then bounce your jig back towards your boat. At, Almost at, like you're anchored. Yep, and then recast mm-hmm. and do it again. People don't like doing that though. It seems like you hurt your middle more. Oh, yeah, especially rainbows. Rainbows are just. They just tear up. Yeah. They got so that big mouth and they got that, like, a skinnier skull. Yeah. Sucker They're, minnows are pretty bad, too, though. So are creakies. Mm-hmm. Any of the ones you want to jig in the fall 
Shiners, the nice thing. Man, the grass shiner. I am sold on the grass shiner. Isn't that nice? Oh, my God. I should have brought you a load of minnows today. That's right. I still got bunches. Um, They're doing... I've, the only minnows I've lost, I lost six red tails. Yeah. And I I, bet, I can imagine... My, I have lost a bunch of jigging minnows, not to dying of natural causes, um, by being eaten by creek chubs. <laughs> they, creek chubs are unbelievable right now they're getting stronger in the tank if you can believe it if you can believe it the ones that we had down in 45 foot have recovered nicely um they're they've really enjoyed their spa retreat Mm -hmm. yeah anything else i want to maybe just we should take a minute okay and we should try and do a saga okay we'll take a quick pause all right. Sorry, Matt Holmgren. You're up again. <laughs> this is such a mediocre... It, there's no fishing brilliance in this at all. It actually was like a terrible day of fishing. Uh, it was me, Matt Holmgren, and Scott Allen, Dr. Scott, uh, fishing on Cast Lake, and I think it might have been opening weekend. Anyway, dead calm, super clear conditions. We had not caught a walleye yet. This is like his first or second year. Must have been second year on Cass Lake. Had not caught a walleye yet. And Matt finally gets a bite at like noon. And it was a super nice opener. It was probably like 73, 74 degrees. And, you know, we're just like lounging around mm-hmm. at that point. We're not trying very hard. Matt's like in the bow running the trolling motor. He's got his shirt off, just barely, barely, or <laughs> barely fishing, right? Okay. And he hooks fish. Can't remember what it was on, Lindy Rig or whatever. And he's he's got this fish on it. We're all excited because we have not caught a walleye We might yet, see something right? here. We might see something with scales. And he, this thing does like a mad run towards like down towards the, towards the outboard. And Matt chooses to like try to walk down the gunnel of his boat past the windshield. <laughs> and like... He's walking right past the windshield and is just very clearly going in the water. He's like off balance, going in the water. <laughs> like he's got ninety percent of his weight leaning towards the water. Lucky for for me is that he's my same size, so like he light as a feather, right? And I just grabbed him and just ragdolled him into the boat, just threw him down into the, <laughs> the boat. <laughs> and he reeled in the nicest 27 inch northern you've ever seen <laughs> which was just like a perfect like buddy thing you know I got to throw the dude down and be like you're welcome <laughs> oh that's great yeah He's just trying. So he's to a lot of. He's had a lot of near encounters going in. Yeah, I don't know if he's been in, but he definitely has. The dude walks on two by fours for a living. <laughs> <laughs> this gunnel should be walking. <laughs> oh <apart>. yeah, right. <laughs> he's not used to the pull of that four pound northern though. <laughs> Goes diving in after musky rods. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting down to it, folks. We got. I think we probably got four episodes left. Before we'll probably take uh, take a end of season break, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, we'll see it through probably MEA weekend. We'll probably do one after MEA weekend and then maybe call it quits. 
Um, Got to get ready for deer season. Right. It's sad to sad to see the end coming, but I think we're. I'm also feeling ready for it. Yep. We'll we'll probably end up doing the same thing we did last year, where we just throw a couple, three through the winter. Yep. You know, if ice is a little better, maybe we'll do a few more. But yep. Um, we'll be starting as soon as the season ends is when I start thinking about 2021 advertisers. So, uh, you can see right now we're lined up pretty closely with people that are in the fishing industry. If you are a business though, that you think your customers overlap with who listens to this podcast, which is not just a fishing industry business. There's lots of people who would maybe listen to a fishing industry business or fishing industry podcast and also want to buy X. So if you're interested in advertising with uh, While I Talk with Will and Dan in the 2021 season, you can reach out to me um, through Facebook or Gmail, danryanguideservice at gmail.com, and we can try to line something up. You um, saying that, we're specifically looking for Anheuser-Busch, right? <laughs> we're looking for a lifetime supply that of Bush Light. Be, there's definitely an overlap between Fisherman and Bush Light. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you.